hold on. Oh. Is that new? Yeah. I think so. I don't like that. I'm going to leave the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> you are recording all of these. What's going on? <laughs> Some of the things that you say about your wives, I've got that. <laughs> Evidence. Mate, I'm all right with that. <laughs> Um, my guess is the reason they've added it is because that has happened. People haven't noticed that the meetings have been recorded and people have objected. To be fair, in one of the offices in the US, because they have like different state laws, one of our offices, like every call, you have to say at the start, I'm going to yeah. record this call. You can leave now. If you, and it's like every time. I mean, when I was recording the Zoom sessions that I put into our school application um, so that people could do them later if they missed the class, I had to do the same disclaimer. I was like, look, I'm recording these sessions. Um, they will only be shared in band, which is a closed application for the community, but they still had to know they were being recorded. Yep. Yep. Hey, well. Cool. Right, let's do this. Let's go. <clears throat> Welcome to Parents on Pictures podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Andy. I'm Sam. And what we do each and every episode is we take a film or TV series from popular streaming platform like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, sometimes even YouTube. Once we've all seen it, we come in here, we discuss it, and we try to decide whether you should, in your busy lives, bother watching it. So, Sam, what have we got this episode? So today we're going to have a look at The Mitchells versus The Machines 2021. So fairly recent. Uh, and uh, the synopsis, um, a quirky, dysfunctional family's road trip is upended when they find themselves in the middle of a robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. And of course, this is a family film. Where can we find this at the moment? Where's it streaming? Uh, Netflix, I believe. It's a Netflix. It's a Netflix original, isn't it? Cool. It, you know, it actually isn't. Is it not? Uh, no. The next question was going to be... Do we know who actually made this film? Yeah, Andy? we do. So it was originally produced by Sony um, and Sony were going to release it. But because of the pandemic and all this stuff, uh, so it was it was completed 2020 due to be released then. And then um, Netflix bought the international rights for everywhere but China uh, from Sony. And they did a limited cinema release. But, you know, limited as in, not in this country, because cinemas, are they open? Are they open now? I think they, they are. They, they have opened, yeah. Yeah, but only just, and so they didn't do it. And then, uh, yeah, so Netflix bought the distribution. So it's not a Netflix original per se, but it is only available through Netflix's, whatever you want to say, like, <laughs> platforms is in it's yeah. available on netflix but also they they did put it in some cinemas too i was going to say obviously you mentioned the demo the fact that it is a, a family friendly um a pg and maybe i don't know whether i hold this back for recommends or whether it ties into that but did you guys watch this as a family did you watch it with the kids or yeah so for us, we are the Mitchell family. So that is the reason why we picked this film. Um, and it just looked great. We watched the trailer. It looked fabulous. So yeah, we did watch this family. And actually, you know, uh, I say as a family, my 12-week-old paid literally no attention to it at all. Um, but my three-year-old really did. And uh, you know, it, it was a PG and I was a little bit nervous going into it thinking, oh, is it going to 
have something that might scare her or something like that. But actually, she, yeah, she was really engaged with it. Nice. See, I turned to my wife uh, when I was working, doing some emails and whatnot, uh, you know, doing it from home. So it was very easy to do this. I said, look, I've got to watch this film for the pods. Uh, we've all agreed. And so I, I, I put it on and, um, oh no, that was the second time I put it on. My apologies. The first time I put it on, I threw, my wife was in the room. I threw it on just because, oh, this is new. I'll give it a go. And what drew me to it was the fact that it, I think it was uh, because it was from the same people who did um, uh, the Spider-Man animation. Um, I forget what that one's called off the top of my head. Thank you. Into the Spider-Verse. And to my recollection, it's not a film I have actually seen, but it got rave reviews. So I was like, okay, this is from the same people. And one of the things I kept hearing about the Spider-Man film was the fact that one of the things that was amazing about it was how good the animation was, given that we've seen animated movies for decades and it brought something new. So it's like, okay, you know what? I'll chuck this on. This was like fun. My three-year-old was in the room at the time. My six-year-old was at school and my wife was sat there. And out of the three of us, so me, my wife, and my three-year-old, my wife was the one who didn't move an inch while she was watching the film. <laughs> it's like, and at the end of it, her opinion of it was very much, yeah, that was really good. Um, so that was like our first experience of it. My three-year-old couldn't care less. But to be fair, <laughs> he, he has the attention span like his dad. It's not very long at all. So that was, that was kind of our first experience with this film. Yeah, we we um we sat down to watch it as a family together as well, and um, uh, my my daughter was giving it some proper belly laughs at the start. She was really, and um, but I think we probably got about two thirds in, and she was like, "Daddy, can we watch um uh, Elena or something or something on <laughs> Disney Plus or what?" I was like, "Yeah, okay, fair enough. You, could, I'll 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 I, I will let you off again. I won't reveal my opinion on whether we should have stopped watching at that point." And I have obviously finished it off, uh, finished off the movie myself. Um, but you mentioned the animation. Um, I don't know. I don't. I know where I stand on this, but I feel like it's going to be a bit of a marmite thing because there are a lot of different styles of animation all kind of put together. I don't think that is any way. Uh, that's like one hundred percent intended in the in terms of the overall look of the movie. I don't know what you guys thought. For me personally, I thought it worked. I thought it worked really well. I but I, yeah, I, I thought there was really nice use of um, kind of very very flat two dimensional animation with then the really complex three D you know three D animation, not three D visuals necessarily, but you you know what I mean. Um, and I think it worked really well. Now again, I haven't seen Spider Man into the Spider Verse but I've seen the trailer for it and it's on my to watch list and I've been meaning to watch it for ages. Um, but every time I see that trailer, I go, God, it looks so good. And that was one of the things that did draw me to this, you know, this idea of those, that animation. And I don't think it disappointed at all. I thought it was very, very good. Yeah, I, I'm very much the same in terms of the animation. I like it when I see new things um, because I like it when someone proves that 
there is still something else to show when it comes to any given form of media. And in this case, they've taken an animated movie and they've made it very much their own. And they've done a lot of that through the way that they've presented the film, because this could very easily be a Disney production or a Disney Pixar production. And, you know, Disney, especially old school animation, has a very set kind of... um, style and Disney Pixar has a very set style and I thought this brought something new to that which was really nice to see it was something very different but it didn't feel like it was different for the sake of being different it's like no this is our style this is what we do just like Disney has their style and and what have you Um, and I thought it worked really really well especially given the story it was trying to tell because it is a I suppose if you're trying to classify, would we classify it as future or near future kind of thing? Because the technology is a bit more advanced than what we currently have, but it's not a million miles away from where we are. So it's actually really easy to relate to this family. So I'd probably say near future. And I thought that the animation represented that really well. I thought it worked great. I, I really, I think they took the best parts of all those different types of animation and kind of put them together. I think that's what worked really well. Some of those sort of 2D backgrounds with the 3D action on the on top of it, it felt um, felt a little bit like a computer game at times. Mm. Um, but I, I really liked it. God, mm. How old am I? It sounds like a computer game. <laughs> I, uh, I, a TV I, game. A TV game. I, I, put, <laughs> I put something out on Facebook the other day and I used the term video game. Oh. Yeah, somebody who didn't know me said, was this written by like a 60-year-old? And I'm like, dude! <laughs> I'm in my 30s, but I take your point. Yeah, okay, video game is quite... I still call them video games, but that's probably adding fuel to the fire, to be honest. Um, (laughs) My daughter calls them video games. She says, um, so I don't know where she gets it from, but sometimes I'll I'll turn my PlayStation on. She'll go, are you going to play your video games? I'm like, are you my grandma? Like, what happened Yeah, I have to say, like I and, and, and as well, I guess this kind of ties in with sort of the comedy nature of it. The the physical comedy within the animation as well was was fantastic. I know a lot of movies like this, that it's kind of some, something they typically go for is kind of that slapstick. Um, that's like a big thing in like Disney Pixar. Um, but it it really it really worked. There were definitely a lot of points where I was laughing out loud because there was some, just some really good kind of like physical comedy for the want of a, I guess, a better term. Um, and also with the the fact that the I guess they were they were treading a fine line on they were making a lot of references about kind of like memes and pop culture and things like that mm-hmm. and I think that's something that's really easy to do badly and to feel really kind of tacked on and feel like it's just a gimmick or trying to sell you know to a particular audience I'm thinking of I don't know there's there's movies that spring to mind that I haven't watched so I probably can't make that judgment but just by looking at them I'm thinking oh man like this is this is not going to last you've just gone for a cash grab here but I felt like all the all the filters the jokes about sort of like um, uh, Instagram filters and um, and the like you're saying that the sort of the cartoon animations and things like that and and then the over the sort of the references to some of the memes within there was like a (laughs) real there was a point where they referred to the the pug as a a feral hog and I was just like man that is oh that's brilliant that's so good (laughs) Um, but yeah again to me it feels like if someone said to me oh I, I hated those memes or I hated that animation style I could probably be like, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's your taste. Yeah. But for me, uh, it it worked. 
I, I agree with you in the sense of using um, pop culture or something that's very, very niche, I suppose, is the word I'm looking to. Something that sprang to mind when you were explaining that is that in, in the Sonic movie, which I watched very recently, um, I know it's on Now TV. I don't think either of you have got that streaming platform, but it, it's available on Now TV. And Sonic flosses when he does something. I don't know what he did. I can't remember. And I'm like, that is going to age really badly when somebody looks back at that and has no idea what flossing is anymore. And this is what I find really dangerous about any anyone, be it a, a movie or a company trying to advertise or whatever, using current and kind of niche pop culture it's like it's great for the time mm. but it ages the film so quickly yeah because the thing about popular culture is the fact that what's popular this year is not popular next year and so i do get worried about that but i thought the jokes were just broad enough to get away with it i didn't think that i don't think that's going to age the film particularly badly i don't know I'm, I'm not so sure i think that when you i think i agree with you when you say that it ages a film quickly i think there is potential that um we could watch this again in two years and be like oh god really and I, I do think there are moments mm. there. but you know I, I don't care about that i was watching it in the moment it doesn't matter in which yeah. case, going from that then, because the thing that's going to keep it relevant is the emotional story to it. And this mm. is something that when I saw this, I thought of all of us here on the pods because it, it is at the heart, or at least what it's trying to be at the heart of it, it is the story about a dysfunctional family, but specifically the father and the daughter who have grown apart. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, we all have daughters here, don't we? And they're all really young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought, wow, if this is the four of us in like seven to 10 years time, this could resonate really well with us then. And it got me, it did get me thinking about the future. Um, but was the emotional core of the story enough to detract from all of the visual stuff that was going on and all of the, all of the the pop cultural references was because Disney Pixar do this really well. They mix in jokes with an actual core to their film. I think they did a really good job. I think um, throughout the whole, I, again, that, that's I've made a very quick connection at the very very beginning of the film um, with the dad, and you know, obviously as a Mitchell, so I was like, could be me. And then I was sat there and I was like, oh my God, that that is gonna be me. Like I can see parts of it. And then but I think that that relationship between the two is is you, we've seen it done a hundred times on you know, all of these usually American TV shows, modern family, bits and pieces like that, where the parents and the children grow apart and then they have to force some sort of thing to get back together we've seen it done a million times and it, i don't feel like they did anything new here but it was enough that it was endearing and you kind of were invested in those characters and the outcome and you knew what the outcome was going to be because it's a kids film you know they're, ne <laughs> they're never going to have it at the end where they don't reconcile but it was enough to keep me on board and, and keep me going with it yeah mm. Yeah, I would. I almost came up in my mind, and I'm kind of stealing this from. I'm sure I've heard this on another podcast, but almost I was thinking as I was going through it, how many times am I going to laugh, and how many times am I going to feel kind of the emotional sort of pull? And I thought in my mind, if I laugh seven times, I think I'd call this a good comedy, and if I get the 
the emotional pull at least once, then it's kind of Pixar level. Those um, are very specific. Yeah, do a science experiment. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of comedy. I'll put that out there. Like, I say that there are comedy films that I enjoy, but typically they're a crossover, like Hot Fuzz. It's like comedy action, or Shaun of the Dead. It's comedy horror. Um, just pure comedy. I, like, I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. Maybe I'm just not funny. I don't know. Miserable. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm just a miserable person. I just need some <laughs> darkness in my life um but um but yeah and, I thought and, that was mad yeah <laughs> he's rubbing off on me um <laughs> but yeah I, I did I did again like you say Andy it, the it's not a news story but I think there were and the, and it was it was it was again as as Damo I know you like to say it was a show don't tell there were the, like the visual kind of reference to the the I think, I think it was the moose carving or something like the toy that kept on coming up and then you saw the story of you know of, of where that came from and what that meant um yeah that um that kind of um it did stick out to me and um yeah without being too sort of like emotional it reminded me a bit of um uh the disney pixar film brave um that idea of the um the the mum and the daughter being a, a, a sort of opposed to each other and that story about them obviously then building a relationship and coming together um so there, there was this there was a, there's a section of it that's I don't know, pretty much maybe ripped off or maybe, uh, you know, could say paying homage where they're kind of like the, the two of them are having a conversation with two other people, but it's as it's intercut so that it's as if they're talking to each other or something along those lines. So, yeah, not necessarily super original, but um, still effective. You know what this reminded me of the most? And I'm going to date myself very badly now. Have either of you watched and or remember a goofy movie? <laughs> no. Oh my, okay, so a goofy movie, yeah. to my recollection, is only about 70 minutes long, but it is exactly this film. It's about Goofy and his son, Max, who go away on a road trip with each other because Goofy is trying to repair the distance that has formed between the two of them because Max <laughs> is getting older. I kid you not, this was a legit big film back in the day, and it is obviously not beat for beat because there was no robots taking over the world for starters. Um, but it's, it's the same thing again, just kind of to yours and, and Andy's point, it's the same story. We've seen it a thousand times. So I suppose when I come to it, it's like, do you, either of you think that you have seen this story, but better somewhere else? Do you know, I really don't. I think I re what I really liked about this was that um, my, can, we'll come on to it in a minute. I want to talk about favorite character within the film though. Cause I have, a favorite character very very much um and I, I think that what this film did was it created these characters that were different to what we'd seen before they had the same kind of archetypal um i don't know characteristics for want of a better term but you know uh, of all the characters we've seen before but there just seemed to be something a bit different you know even the the pug you know, all of these stories have got some sort of like dog or some sort of pet that comes along on the adventure with them. But this was just wicked. This little pug that was just, and it didn't really do anything. It was all in facial expressions and all that sort of stuff. And the, it was brilliant. The bit where it's strapped to the front of the car at the end. I was just like, that's amazing. There's oh. so many bits. And I just think they did that really well. The, is, is the pug essentially this movie's version of the squirrel from Ice Age? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. That. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think, <laughs> and, and not badly though. Sorry, that is not a criticism. I agree with you. I loved the pug. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, not my favorite I, character though. Well, I don't know. He's up. He's, he's up there for me. Um, <laughs> I I thought that again. It's one of those things where like having a pug as kind of your mascot almost that that feels like it's overplayed. It's kind of done. Oh, but it was so funny when like I think isn't there a scene where they where one of them says like come on try and try and center your eyes or something and it's like straining through it. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so funny. So good. And what I like is that when you bring in the family dynamic, one of the reasons that the the robots whatever they are, I suppose, androids, machines. One of the reasons that they're finding it really difficult to capture, defeat, or what have you, this family of Mitchells, is because they don't fit into boxes. They are quirky. They are odd people in a good way. And that's essentially what saves them. And what I really, really like is when the machines first start taking over, and I thought that this was very, very funny. Um, you've got, like, the the typical... Uh, the typical family that do everything right and then they you know they they're fighting the robots and they've got a game plan and they're working in perfect unison they get captured the mitchell's trying to do this because they're like wow that's amazing they balls up the whole thing and it's just i'm not giving it credit just, you're it's not because brilliant. that sequence oh, is fabulous it's, it's amazing so funny um can you andy can you can you describe the scene better because i'm really (laughs) struggling (laughs) it's more it's like a so the the perfect family uh create this you know they're they're stuck in a is it a shop or something yeah i think it's like a a restaurant or a shop or something yeah and this perfect family kind of devised this plan to escape and it's you know acrobatics and jumping and all this like ninja style stuff and the mitchell's see it and they go yeah we're gonna do that and then they try it and they just go i'm just full flat on their face and it just goes pear-shaped and uh it is just brilliant there is the but there were that was one of many moments yeah. like that. And yeah, I, and got, I, I have that. to make. Oh, sorry, go for it, Sam. I was going to say uh, probably the bit that I laughed the most at was just one of the little kind of you know they've got the kind of I don't know if I'm using the right terminology. It's like a smash cut or something where they just literally go straight into another scene. Is that right, Andy? Or yeah. am I? Are they, um, and they're talking about their hol- their family holidays, and they talk about when they get went for a, a donkey trek, and then they cut to them with in like a an absolute deluge mm. and there's a donkey floating away and he goes leave him he belongs to the canyon <laughs> oh man that is just oh i love those those just absolutely stupid lines that just you think like oh where did you come up with that but oh but is, yeah but that's where this film i think is really endearing because it, it, it you know it has got that kind of it's a children's story. It's a Damo's it's a, having a meltdown. I'm so sorry. The canyon um, scene was hilarious. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> we've, there, were, there are these moments where, um, yeah, we've seen the story done. We've seen these characters. We've seen all of this. But it, it kind of offers us something different. Offers us that kind of almost South Park-esque comedy. I don't know how else to describe it. But kind of that that comedy that's, just way out there and it's not South Park-esque and it's not really crude it's not really rude um but it's just silly it's just really stupid but really yeah. brilliant all at the same time like like for example that when when like the mum sort of finally loses her call at the end 
and and it's it's not kind of like that she she then just transforms because of like mum power or whatever into this absolute badass and and then and then the, the killer robots are like ab terrified of her oh that, that again like, this seems like the perfect opportunity for us to, to segue into our favorite characters because yeah. i am in love with linda mitchell <laughs> <laughs> Is a hot animated mum. Honestly, <laughs> not even that hot. She's just <laughs> mental. <laughs> and I really like her. I think she's so funny. Oh, so yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. my favourite character. I, um, I don't know whether I'd put her as my favourite. Um, that bit I, at the end where she's kicking all the robots' asses though and she just probably loses her rack is amazing. And the... The voice actress for her uh, is Maya Rudolph, I think. Is who, yeah. I didn't know who that was, but when I googled her, I saw her picture. I was like, oh yeah, I know her. Yeah, and and, and again, like I always find it a challenge when you've got voice actors who are recognisable, and it, it kind of almost like takes away from it because you are just visualising them. Um, like, but she, Dolman, she. For instance. Yeah, for example, um, but um, but yeah, she she plays the the part really well. She's obviously a really accomplished uh, comedy actor, um, and and yeah, I, I I don't know whether I, again I don't know if I can pick out. I'd probably just have to go for Monchi the pug to be honest. Yeah. But um, I, I I I liked them the son as well. Um, I want to say was it Aaron or Aaron? Um, or am I getting mixed up there? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, really, um, I, I liked him, but I wanted him to be. Do you do you ever watch Bob's Burgers? Uh, I've I have watched it. Yeah, okay, no, so I, I don't watch it. There's a son. His name's Gene in Bob's Burgers, right? And he is just I I wanted the son in the Mitchells to be more like Gene from Bob's Burgers. Um, but don't get me wrong, it didn't take anything away from the film. I just wanted something else. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, I can't pick up a Damien fam- favorite character for you. I I don't think I had one to be fair. Um, and I, I'm gonna go at a push. At a push, it would be the dad, um, purely because I know in what ten years, not not even ten years time, I know that in seven to ten years time, I'm gonna be related to that guy. Um, so he's he's probably my favorite, but also I just kind of liked his quirkiness. Um, but let's let's be fair, gents. Be honest. Uh, how many of you have bought your wife a screwdriver? I have not. Um, I, I might get my ass kicked if I did. Yeah, I haven't. Bought, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't gone that far. I haven't bought an ironing board or anything like that for an anniversary present. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Let me yeah. tell you a story. Right. So <laughs> yes. when I was a kid, story time. I love it. When I was a kid, our next door neighbors who will remain nameless. And I lived in lots of houses, so I had lots of neighbours, so it's hard to pin it on them. Um, we went around to their house. It was like Christmas Day. They invited us round for drinks or something in the morning. So we knocked on their door and the man answered. And he's like, now's really not a good time, guys. Could you come back? And she was stood crying behind him. It turns out that she'd bought, no, he'd bought her an ironing board for her um, Christmas present and when she'd got upset he gave her another present and it was one of those things that has the pegs on it you know it has lots of different pegs we call it a dingy no. um, but one of those things and she just like lost the plot <laughs> oh my I oh uh, so, no I was very young and lessons were learned that <laughs> yeah yeah to be fair and I, I, I hopefully well my parents probably aren't listening let's face it um, but um, I think there was one year where 
my dad forgot that it was my mum's birthday and therefore me and my brother you know I mean I still struggle to remember birthdays now so none of us remembered and my mum thought that she'd play that I'm just going to see what happens and lo and behold what happened was that she didn't get anything on her birthday so there was like an impromptu right boys we need to go to the shops now in the car go um we've never forgotten mum's birthday ever since (laughs) so um yeah. Lessons were learned. Yeah, lessons, <laughs> lessons again, were lessons, learned. Lessons were learned uh, again. I'm um, on um, on uh, what's it? Uh, Rick on Rick Mitchell. Um, I think the probably the archetypal scene, and it kind of comes obviously at the end of the movie, is the um, when he has to uh, he has to search for a video on YouTube, and, yes. and again, it's not original. It's not a joke that hasn't been done before, but it is so funny. It's so well done. Um, yeah. yeah. Voiced by Andy McBride, isn't it? Danny, Danny, Danny McBride. Uh, Andy, yeah. and you're, I'm talking to Andy. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, done by done by Danny McBride, who again another comedian actor. So they, they've really gone for range in their voice act. Uh, yeah, voice actors for this one because as we were know, co- uh, comedians are, are well versed in bringing that range. And I think that was a smart play. Uh, oh. I thought there was. I thought their energy in this film was deeply frenetic and just non-stop. Yo, absolutely chaotic the whole way through. hundred um, percent. I thought Olivia Coleman's casting as the voice of the Alexa style. Was it thing. Pam? Is that Pal? Yeah. Pal, was... Oh, Pal. The yeah, the character's name. Pal. Thought that was a bit weird. Like Olivia Coleman's kind of a big deal, and I don't know. She just felt really weird. It's like mm. I don't know. It is one of those ones where I was just sat there thinking, "Who am I listening to?" Yeah, um, and then and then had to go and go on IMDb and 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 go and look at the cast. So, yeah, again, they're probably people that you know they've probably gone for a bit of star power there. It's not a bad one for for her to do. It's not, um, I guess, but, yeah, isn't it? But it was. Mm. I don't know. Although I thought that she had one of the one of the best jokes in in the or one of the best physical jokes in the whole thing. Um, is when she tells her minions to put her on the table so that she can buzz herself. And we've all experienced that. You place your phone on the table and it buzzes so loud, it literally looks like it's about to buzz off and commit suicide by dropping on the floor. And it's it's just those little touches that I really appreciated because I'm like, that takes some thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's kind of what separates it from just your generic pop culture, um, kind of like tie in as a hey kids we're really cool to actually not use a cool term uh we're really cool look at look at what we know in terms of your your age range but that was something those are the types of jokes where i'm like oh yeah okay that was actually quite clever well done well done movie i thought i thought it did really well um I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty much ready to wrap this up. I mean, it's going to be a like short one. I feel yeah. like it's going to be fairly obvious. I don't know about you. Is anyone yeah. else you want to say? Well, I'm, I'm the only other. I was only going to mention um, uh, that I thought the giant Furby was hilarious as well. <laughs> oh um, God, yes. Yeah. That was really like we've got one, not a giant one, but one of these Furby things that like. Did you get one back in the day, like originally? No. Because so they, they came out when I was about 13, 14. Yeah, so they were the kind of, the, they grew out of Tamagotchis, didn't yeah. they? Only I mean, not literally, but like. Well, they, they could have done. Those. God knows. But um, yeah, that that was really funny. But it, it made all the right noises. And it was like, I could imagine my daughter's uh, Furby 
you know, in the cupboard, which sometimes just like goes off for no reason, making these noises. I thought that was really good. One thing I did want to mention, because it seems to be a, a topic that often crops up on the podcast. What did we think of, if we can remember it at all, the music? Yeah, so I didn't. So I, I've watched this twice now. And first time, I didn't think about the music. When I was watching it a second time, I was very conscious of it because of the podcast. And so I was listening out for it going, oh, okay. I thought it was very good. I thought it was... It would... I say it was very good. It was fine. It didn't stand out. It didn't blow my mind, but it was, you know, it was good. Yeah, I think that, you know, thinking thinking back to it, um, it touched, again, some of the right um, uh, themes that had kind of almost a sort of Stranger Things uh, synthy vibe to it at points, kind of tying in with sort of the sort of almost sci-fi kind of, I don't know, uh, um, uh, genre that it's going in for. Um, and again, I guess it ties into the whole meme thing. The um, uh, I'm not going to make an attempt to sing the song or even know what it is. I think it's Rihanna who then yeah. has that sample from like a an internet meme from years ago. And I guess that's a point actually. The memes that are in the film are not new, like no. the which is part of me wonders. You know, maybe it does stand the test of time if they're tapping into some of these things that are kind of just embedded in our cultural mindset but I don't know yeah, I think I'm sure there was one bit where Rick Mitchell watches a, a, a YouTube video or something and it just like he's like what the hell is this just someone going I don't know uh, desegregate tapioca or something like that um, anyway um, but the uh, the 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 meme song that they use at the start and then they bring back in at the end I was like, yeah, I'm going to get on board with this. This is this is good. Um, yeah. So music-wise, not not going to blow me away, but I did actually remember it. So yeah. I, I thought the and again, I'm not as into music as as you three are. I think we've that's long established at this point. I thought that the music was one of its weaker elements. Um, I thought there was so much on the screen visually and uh, so much being done with the voice acting that I th- I wanted the music to be a bit stronger. Um, but you know, in terms of picking a weakness, it's not a bad one, I suppose. Um, so yeah, like Andy, I thought the music was fine. I, it didn't blow me away. Cool. cool. Right. Well then, shall we jump onto it then? Um, have your, your closing statement and then whether you would, uh, whether you'd recommend it or not. So who would like to go first? Yeah. Go for it, Andy. Yeah. Uh, I think I would highly recommend this film. I think it was brilliant. I think it was very, very funny. Um, I think it. I think my three-year-old struggled to remain engaged the whole way through, but did watch it all the way through. Um, but I think really, you know, if we're talking five, six, and above, you they're going to love it. It's really, it's kind of that slapstick humor that's very energetic. It's very engaging, and for adults, it was a really, it was a pleasurable watch i really liked it and i will ultimately watch it again at some point as well i did yeah really so really enjoyed it highly recommended nice i'll go next i i don't want the last word on this film (laughs) um so yeah i'm I'm not gonna draw it out this week i i enjoyed the film i thought it was fine but that's kind of where it is for me i'm very tepid on this um i'm i'm not raving about it i think we've seen it a million times i thought that what there was there was really impressive in terms of like a visual standpoint 
but I thought that everything else was kind of so so. So what I'm going to do is I will recommend this with the caveat of you'll like it and then I think you'll very quickly forget about it. It will pass the time if you're with your family and it's something suitable that you can all enjoy. Um but if I would if it was me without the family, would I put this on again to watch? Probably not. I watched it once with the wife because, hey, this is new. Let's watch it. And I watched it once for the podcast and I will probably never go back and watch it again. It was it was fine. Damning with faint praise. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm uh, do you know, what? I I went into this thinking I'm either going to go one way or the other. And I think I probably on my scale of um my, my stolen scale, I must say, this is not my thing that I've come up with, my seven laughs or whatever that I was looking for. I definitely got at least four or five of them out in the first five minutes. So um, yeah, I found it really funny. I found it emotionally engaging. I like the characters. I like the visual style. My daughter did not watch the whole thing. So I'd kind of say don't bank on, you know, it depends on, on the kid. It is a PG. So bear in mind, there is a bit of, probably some mild peril and some violence um, involved in there. Um, but um, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm going to recommend it. Cool. Three right. recommends. Now, gents, very quickly, um, I've been listening to some of the older pods just to kind of, uh, you know, see how we've come and all that jazz. Do you guys remember that once we decided, hey, you know what, let's rate everything on a uh, on a on a scale of Nicolas Cage? And whether- <laughs> <laughs> when do we when do we decide yeah, that? That was I was it was a I think it was um it, it was a while back, but we thought it'd be a great idea to see if we could rate everything on a scale of Cage's films because let's face it, when it comes to a barometer of movies, he's got some of the worst and some of the oh, best I films see. ever. See. Um, so I think oh, in, right, in the yeah. future we'll have to toy about with a with a a, mm. a Cage barometer to see where we kind of fall with this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a... Um, so, for example... It's not it's The not, Rock. It's, it's not, not The Rock. rock. It's, it's, it's not Face Off. It's, well, it's, 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 but it's, how do you determine what is a good Nicolas Cage movie? Because something it, like Con Air is a... I love it. But me that's too. Like, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, in comparison to... I don't know. I haven't watched them, but let's say the sequel to Ghost Rider. Oh, I would um, imagine that's Or very, just yeah. Ghost Rider. Or just Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need to. I think there needs to, Damo. I think we might jump the gun here. We need to spend more time working on this. We need to agree the scale of Nicolas Cage to start with. Coming Um, from a scientist who has uh, laid out a very specific way of seven laughs, (laughs) all this. Yeah, Yeah, this might be a job. This might be a job for me. Yeah, we'll Um, leave it in your hands. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) no, it just popped into my brain, but yeah. Um, cool. So, Andy, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, although I wouldn't. We're not very um, good. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see these faces. No, yeah, right. Um, very shortly, our website will be live and you'll be able to go on there and listen to the podcast, get direct links to download it. But you can also read some reviews that we've written as well. Um, but social media is the main place to get hold of us get in touch let us know of any recommendations you might have um or just generally tell us how wonderful we are and how well we're doing or not (laughs) and sam where can they listen to the pod you can listen to us 
uh, on uh, Spotify. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Anchor, where we are hosted. And Anchor do a very good job of uh, sharing out the pod to a whole range of different um, uh, listening apps and things like that. So um, just put in Parents on Pictures podcast and you are likely to find us wherever you go. Awesome source. You reckon that now Apple Podcasts have got a subscription service, they're going to ask us to record a special uh, Parents on Pictures podcast for the uh, paid for subscription service? I think the the, um, the after after dark version, I'm thinking of, I'm going to date myself here, I'm thinking of like um, GWR Radio back in the day, Late Night Love with Graham Torrington. Oh, I, I remember that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to do like the CD kind of yeah. darker version of Parents on Pictures. Yeah. What are we doing? I'm not covering viewing porn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. The, the closest, the <laughs> closest, <was> really messy. <laughs> the closest that I will ever get to that is if, and my God, you would have to hold a gun to my head if they put the Fifty Shades trilogy. Is it a trilogy? on, oh, on Netflix or something. That's the closest I'll get. It's not. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that is the type of thing that I think one of the things we've all said on this podcast is that it encourages to us to watch things that we wouldn't watch <laughs> otherwise. I wonder where you were going with that. <laughs> I just don't. I mean, no. if one of you wants to pick it, then I guess <laughs> I we're, don't. you know. I don't. Yeah. And no, no. So is that... <laughs> Fifty Shades or Star Wars? Star Wars. Oh, there we go. good man. Yep. So Rogue One next <laughs> week, is it then? Good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, honestly, this, I don't get Fifty Shades. Like that to me is like. Anyway, th- this is not a Fifty Shades I, review. I, again, I can't make a comment. I haven't read the books. I haven't watched the movie. No, no, um, neither have I. No, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't see the appeal with it. Like it's, mm. there's a whole I, internet full of again. porn. Why are you going to make it for it? <laughs> Yeah, three, three for three. I've not seen, I've not read, so I I don't know. But it does it doesn't appeal to me. Um, so yeah. So if you give no. us a five star review, uh, <laughs> we will watch Fifty Shades of Grey. But just put sure. out there. But yeah. we're gonna put it behind a premium service paywall. So to listen to it, you're gonna have to go onto Patreon and mm. uh, donate some cash so that we can live a life of riches and luxury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Anyway, uh, I think we've all lost the plot. Are we all a bit tired this evening? <laughs> yeah. We might possibly be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting that vibe. I'm getting that vibe. Anyway, so let's let's finish it there. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been a very bizarre finish to Parents on Pictures podcast. Take it easy. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye.